Hello, folks, and welcome to e-commerce QA. This is the podcast where store owners, directors of e-commerce, and e-commerce managers can stay up to date on the latest tools and technologies in e-commerce. I'll be joined on the show by my colleague and partner in crime, Dylan Holst. Our goal is to handle one or two questions per episode. You can check us out on the web at ecommerceqa.tv. There you'll be able to get in touch, ask us questions, and just generally participate. Hello, folks. Welcome to Episode 7 of eCommerce QA. This is where we keep it fast and fun talking about the questions of the day. And today, we're going to hit a question that maybe you haven't thought of too much, because if you're listening to this show, you're probably somewhat successful in e-commerce, and uh, most of our listeners are. Congratulations. But something starts to happen after year one, year two, sometimes year three, where there can be a lack of focus, a loss of motivation, a confusion that sets in. And um, my good friend and colleague, Kurt Elster, whom you may know from the Unofficial Shopify podcast or many other places where he's become an internet celebrity. I, it's interesting being an internet celebrity. Yeah. Uh, Kurt's going to help us tackle this question. Now, Kurt, give us the 30-second uh, version of who you are. Sure. So my, my foolproof positioning statement, I'm a senior e-commerce consultant who helps Shopify store owners uncover hidden profits in their store. And what it, really what we mean by that is, you know, I've been work doing nothing but e-commerce since my, my mid-20s. Um, and I found, you know, lots of different strategies and ways, be it conversion rate optimization or better sales funnels to grow um, revenue for Shopify stores and e-commerce stores in general. So obviously the same principles work, you know, for all e-commerce stores, I just like that Shopify is a platform. Now, didn't you start out being an e-commerce product manager? I was on, yeah, in the uh, for uh, thmotorsports.com, who does, it's a automotive, aftermarket automotive parts dropshipper. Um, and that's where I, I, I cut my teeth and went from that to freelance web design and then full circle back into full-time e-commerce consulting because I, I love it. It's always fun for me to talk to Kurt because he and I both have a similar background in that we started on e-commerce way back before that was even a thing. And um, I'm kind of a, a technical person primarily, and then I try and do marketing. And Kurt is just a marketing genius who is also very good at the technical stuff. So we play off each other a lot. Kurt, tell me. Um, yeah, I think of that. That's a good point. Yeah, that is actually, yeah, we have like a similar background and like slightly inverted skill sets. Yeah, yeah. It's fun when we try and hit a topic because um, I'm always seeing it from one angle and Kurt's looking at it a different way. So I'm really pleased to have you on the show, Kurt. Thank oh, you for thank making you. the time on your uh, you know, in-between holidays weekend here, um, week. So let's let's tackle this topic. And it's kind of a, a, it's a thorny one because it's one of those things where it becomes the elephant in the room. It's You may not even be aware of it, but you know something's not right. It just doesn't feel like the way things used to be. If you're a typical entrepreneur, you start out, you're passionate, you're excited, and as things, frankly, start to succeed, you may actually lose motivation because those initial challenges aren't there anymore. Things go a little bit slower in terms of progress. There's more moving parts. Give us your take, Kurt. How can people who are maybe in, let's say, a stabilization phase of their company or maybe ready to embark on a new level of growth, how can they get the, the rocket fuel going again? <laughs> So this is an interesting topic. So I'll use as an example, I have my friend um, Michael Demartini from Everspans, everspans.com. Um, and we've worked together for uh, close to two, maybe three years now. Anyway, he went from, you know, their revenue 
like when we met him was a few thousand a month. Um, you know, and now they're in that that successful stage where they're in, you know, they're going to do seven figures in revenue next year, I'm sure. Um, you know, not including the wholesale stuff, just like on their online store. And what's funny is it's like, oh, you've got suddenly, you know, everything, you're stacking the bricks. You know, every single day is like a tiny win, tiny win, more sales, more traffic, and you're building on it. And then at some point, like it, you get to the point where one of two things happens. Either you burned yourself out because you never hired anyone, so you're still that like in that solopreneur mindset, but you're in this very successful business, and now it's like you picking and packing ordering orders. So most people hit that phase first, and then you know they'll get out of that and then be very relieved, like, oh, okay, now I have time to go back to doing what I want to do. Well, at some point, it's like you just don't know what to do anymore because the business is very successful. It's, it's become hands-off. Um, and it's a strange thing that people don't want to talk about because no one wants to be the guy who's like, oh, you know, I'm making six figures doing nothing, just sitting on my ass. I don't want to complain about that. But it's like, you know, the reason a lot of people get into it, yeah, the money's good, but entrepreneurs have this mindset, like this problem solving, they really want to dive into it. Um, and they need those challenges. They need to be challenged every day by their business and that's what drives them. So you end up with people, like eventually, you know, they once they've solved that um, that time equation, suddenly they start to experience burnout. But like no one wants to talk about it because you don't want to be sound ungrateful for your own success. Exactly, exactly. I remember this TED talk I, I watched a little while ago about a gentleman, um, maybe it was a TEDx talk, where he his story was basically he had he had made it and then he lost motivation and lost it all. And then he made it again and lost motivation and lost it all. <laughs> and then made it again. And this time he was in a mindset that allowed him to uh, perpetuate his success but it's different. Like after you get out of that, that first, um, you know, extremely uh, scary period of entrepreneurship where your, your whole livelihood may be on the line, you know, you're putting a huge amount of risk um, forward. If things start stabilizing, then, then what do you do to transition? So let's maybe take a company. I'm thinking of a client of mine. Um, I'll just generally... Um, I'll combine in my head two different clients. So they're selling a med medical product and their revenues are at four and a half million. And uh, they've been growing 150% year over year for two years in a row. Um, what types of challenges do you think they need to start thinking about in 2016 that maybe weren't relevant in 2014? Well, number one, so you have, um, you know, at, at some point you've pushed yourself into new tax brackets. So like that's, you know, when you see that kind of growth, that's where you want to have, I hesitate to use the term advisory board because that sounds like that sounds very scary. But you want to have some some go-to people, some authority, some advisors that you can ask questions to or you could just present a situation because when you like at that level of growth, especially when they're doing it as fast as that and consistently, you need a third party that can help you see the forest through the trees. You know, you said, "Okay, they've got 150% growth year over year." Well, what happens if year 5 they have 50% growth? that may feel like a huge failure and like put them into, you know, if you're an owner, that may put you into like this dark depression that you're a failure. And in reality, you just need someone to do like a mindset check for you. But you've got, so, you know, I would start thinking about, you know, putting together, not necessarily a board, but people you could trust, people you can go to and make sure you have those people in your pocket for when challenges arise. You know, they're not these like world ending things. You know, you could just talk to someone. I'd imagine like at some point, a lot of success becomes about mindset so, you know, that's number one. Number two, of course, is is trying to figure out and use your time effectively and wisely. So, you know, like, 
at that stage in a business, it becomes very easy to let yourself get bogged down in minutia. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to make sure you're creating standard operating procedures and delegating tasks. But it's also important to realize, like, growth, a lot of people, I think, incorrectly view growth as, oh, we're hiring employees. That doesn't have to be the case. You know, growth is really just, you know, how profitable are you? Hmm. So if you cut your, your expenses and you have more profit, that's growth. But necessarily, like, adding employees is not, not a necessity. You don't have to keep doing that. Yeah, you know, startups tend to think that, uh, well, this is actually kind of how it works. The more people you have in seats, the better your company must be doing. But e-commerce people don't can't think that way, right? Because you need to optimize your costs. Um, now, Kurt, one thing you've shared with me is that your most important KPI that you look for for yourself personally is what's your effective hourly rate? Is that a good metric that e-commerce store owners, operators can, can use? Or are there other better KPIs that they should focus on for themselves personally to increase their effectiveness? Well, 100% for every, there's a couple, but I would look at the profitability of your average sale. So you're going to want to optimize essentially for cost of goods sold, um, but factor your time into it. Like that's the weird, you know, coming from a freelancing background, I'm always thinking of things in terms of my time. But mm-hmm. then when you look at e-commerce folks, you know, they look at things solely as the the markup, you know, mm-hmm. so it cost me 10 bucks to buy this good and I sell it for 50. That's excellent. It's 5X markup. But if it like... You know, if in between there it takes you, you know, two hours to prepare every item, well, mm. suddenly now you have to factor that in. And e-commerce mm. folks never think about their own time. Exactly. You know, they think solely in, in terms of cost of a good sold. Well, factor your time in there. You'll quickly start to find places where you're wasting time. You know, as a business owner, you want to be doing, like, if you're picking and packing your own orders, is that a valuable use of your time? Probably not. Versus if you're coming up with, you know, more strategic efforts, overseeing things, delegating things, coming up with new marketing strategies. I mean, I think really if you're in that place where it's like, oh shoot, we've got half a million dollars in the bank and I don't know, and I'm bored, like start developing new products. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a great problem to have. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of a couple of clients I talked to earlier this year. Actually, well, they're not clients actually. They're people that I've kept in touch with and uh, tried to help them grow their business, have advised them here and there, but we haven't really had a, a, a true client service provider relationship. And uh, in both cases, I shared with them pretty directly that they were the reason, it was an individual that I was speaking with each time, uh, very successful people, very smart, very intelligent. And they were basically coming to me and asking, how do I grow my e-commerce? And in both cases, I ended up telling them, look, you're the reason that your company has achieved the level of success that it has. And you're also the limiting factor. Because they really weren't able to let go and to delegate and to do these things that we're talking about. It's kind of like you paint yourself into a corner, um, you know, because it, when you're doing e-commerce, there's so many things you can do to optimize your costs if you're just doing it yourself. And you may feel like, oh, man, I just want to take on more. And um, but that only works if you can if you can make things automated. So if you're if you're going to be just the one man band um, or even just a small team, Obviously, you have a lot of responsibilities, but how can people effectively create standard operating procedures when they may not have, you know, a lot of business experience? Like a lot of our listenership are straight up entrepreneurs and they've never really done that. So, yeah. So there's another factor there. You made me, that was a good point. Um, and you made me think of a couple things. Like you're right about not wanting to let go. So the thing they may, you know, they may be answering their own phone. Mm-hmm. They may be letting people, you know, dictate their time. Um, they may be handling customer service themselves. They're picking and packing, ordering themselves. Those are all things you can delegate. And I want to make it clear, you don't have to hire a full-time or even part-time employee to do that. Mm -hmm. If you want to, you can. That's excellent. But as a stepping stone before you get there, 
I would probably start with like outsourcing to contractors and virtual assistants. You know, your customer service, a lot of stuff is probably like, hey, where's my order? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you really, do you, you really don't think that you can train a virtual assistant to check on someone's order status? Of course you can. And virtual assistants are inexpensive, like a good, an ex, uh, so-called executive VA. So someone who's very talented, um, who's in the U.S., who's English speaking natively, um, those folks will cost you, you know, 25 bucks an hour and to handle customer service for order fulfillment, maybe they only have to work one hour a day on your store. Mm-hmm. Like that would totally be worth it. Um, and then, of course, there's drop shipping fulfillment services like fulfillment by Amazon, which like that's probably that's the first thing people do to save time. I'd say number one is start doing drop shipping, and then number two is um, you know delegate that customer service. I really enjoyed the show you did recently with Donnie over at Less Accounting. Oh, yeah. Because they've been developing a, a bookkeeping service that you don't even have to keep your own books now. Check it out. We should include that in the the show notes. Right. Yeah, it's like autopilot, right? Autopilot. Autopilot, yeah, by less accounting. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the less accounting software, and then someone else ta- <laughs> uses it for you, which is fantastic. Because mm-hmm. how much time, you know, the thing about bookkeeping isn't necessarily that it's complicated. It's that no one wants to do it, so you put it <laughs> off. And then by the time you go to tackle it, it's just like you're dreading it, and you're tearing your hair out. Um, and especially with e-commerce, where, you know, if you're paying sales tax uh, monthly, like bookkeeping becomes pretty important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I didn't I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. I switched to using um a bookkeeper this year and I am so glad I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's see. We we talked about having uh, an advisory board, basically uh, people in your life that just you can go to with your Just keep a mental inventory. It does like you don't have to tell them they're on your advisory board. They just right. it needs to be in your head that like this is my go-to authority on this topic. This is who I'm mm-hmm. going to talk to. And it's not it's not like the same person for every topic. Like you may be like, okay, this guy understands taxation. Maybe it's your CPA, you know? Yeah, you want, you know, you've got like a CPA. You probably, like CPA is probably number one. You want that. Um, A lawyer. Um, It's not for everybody, but I got a ton of value um, for my personal and business life out of seeing a therapist. You know, I've been Mm -hmm. very open about that. I started seeing a therapist this year. Um, And really that was phenomenally helpful. And it's for that reason is you have this independent third party, a sounding board Mm -hmm. where you're saying, okay, here's my problem. Here's how I feel. You know, you know, give me that independent outsider view. Yeah. I would even say maybe even like a health coach or, you know, personal trainer, somebody to help you keep your health goals on track because that's going to help your thinking and clarity and, and just momentum and so on. Um, I know for me, one of my advisor type people that I'm most thankful for uh, used to be a major executive at a, a restaurant chain. And, it's like spending 15 minutes with this gentleman is is probably worth 10 hours of time talking to most of my other friends and colleagues because he just he understands everything so much better and he's experienced so many more problems and has come up with solutions. Um, so definitely, I think it can be a little bit intimidating to go up to somebody that you really respect and say, hey, um, you know, you're so insanely successful. Would you mind, um, you know, can we get a coffee? And then maybe if that goes well. Would you mind be a, being a sounding board from time to time? Um, these people actually usually love helping younger business people succeed. Well, and there's also there's formal relationships where you can mm-hmm. do that. You know, if there's someone you want, good point. Like you can uh, Clarity FM if you want, and this is a mm-hmm. ridiculous thing to do, but you could pay ten thousand dollars and book Mark Cuban for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah. but you know, that's a you know that's really more of like an a halo effect, like an advertising thing that they do. Because as mm-hmm. a standard Clarity user, you can't even set your rate that high. Um, <laughs> yeah. But 
No, like you can, you know, if there's some like dream person you'd love to talk to, ask them about your business, ask them, like what's stopping you? Oh, okay, so here's a good one. All right, so I, I may get beat up over this, but the uh, I read the 4-Hour Work Week recently, you know, mm. and I had been avoiding this because it's in a category of self-help books, and it seemed like, you know, um, it seemed like trash. And I read it, and of course I loved it, um, and it's popular for a reason, so I take everything bad I said about Tim Ferriss back. Anyway, in it, he... <laughs> Like one of my my biggest takeaways, I will save you the the two hours it would take to read it. Um, it was most. That'd be half my work week, you know. <laughs> so most people, um, <laughs> I just sorry, that's funny. I caught it. Um, I had to do the math. I was like four divided by two. Oh, um, you know, most people aim for for mediocrity for being very average. So if you're aiming for mediocrity for the middle, that's actually where the competition is hardest. So let's say. Mm. You know, you don't, um, and I don't know if it's true, but the example he gives is, well, more people apply to state school than Ivy League. Mm. So maybe, you know, you have a shot at Ivy League because everyone else assumes they don't. Mm. Um, Or here's a good one. uh, In a a bar, no one hits on the hot girl. Like I guarantee (laughs) if you took a survey, and obviously this is subjective and sexist and terrible and pickup art is garbage. And true. Like the hardest, you know, the, the most attractive woman in the bar is probably the one who gets hit on the least. Because people are like, oh, she's out of my league. Mm-hmm. Well, the same works in business and works in everything else. You know, I was booking guests for my podcast, and I reached out to a whole bunch of people, the like the A-list people with the biggest audience, the two people with the biggest audiences. Um, so we'll say uh, Rand Fishkin and Neil Patel from mm-hmm. Moz and um, uh, Crazy Egg both said yes immediately. I'm like, oh, wow. And then all the, you know, these people who are more at my level all said no. So it's like, okay, the, the top... You know, maybe and maybe it's that that rule, um, and I think there's a little bit of like the eighty twenty rule in there. But anyway, mm-hmm. my point is, you know, if you're like there's some amazing mentor you'd love to reach out to, and you're like you're the person standing in your way. If you're saying, "Hey, I can't reach out to them because I don't want to bother them," mm-hmm. go ahead and reach out to them. Like, what do you have to lose? Totally. There's a reason those people got to the top, and usually it's because they're extremely nice and extremely smart at the same time. I. Uh, you were talking about using clarity and I've used that before to get in touch with some, some really, um, in my opinion, quite impressive people, uh, like, you know, ex president of Nordstrom, I wanted to talk to, and he was super helpful, really nice guy. He's kept in touch. Bob Schwartz, highly recommend talk to Bob Schwartz. Um, yeah, I think it cost me a fair amount of change, but I've gotten so much more value out of it. So definitely having a, an advisory board or quasi advisory board in your head, um, at some point that probably formalized. And, uh, and then, uh, the second thing we talked about was making sure you're effectively using your time really well. Is there anything, I mean, are you an advocate for doing things to motivate yourself and pump yourself up? Or are you more, um, like what's your take on kind of that motivation side of this? Because once you achieve a certain level of success, if it's taken a lot of effort to get there, you can kind of have a letdown. Um, you could very easily, um, yeah, you could very easily stop doing what you're doing. Um, and yeah, that that's rough. Um, it depends on your personality. But for me, um, well, I think like if you got to that point, you are not affected by this carrot and stick mentality. Like if you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, you know, let's say, and this is, I'm really, I'm paraphrasing from Amy Hoy's book, Just Fucking Ship. Um, but if you're, you know, you're in school, you have a boss, in those situations, there is a carrot and stick mentality. So you've got, you know, um, 
Like there's a real cost to not doing the work and there's a reward for doing the work. But once you own your own business, and especially if it's successful and you've, you know, really worked yourself out of it, there's no longer a cost that like cost or reward isn't there anymore. So you could just coast. And I think that's where people get bored. They get burned out. Um, and that's probably what we're talking about, you know, when we say like victim of our own success. Hmm. So no, absolutely. Um, you know, if you find yourself in that place where you're like, there's really no reason for me to try doing something, but I want to do it, but I'm having trouble getting motivated. That's where, yeah, you, you can play mental games with yourself. You know, I, um, I personally, I keep a, a journal. I write down, you know, I take two minutes at the start of the day and two minutes at the end of the day, you know, whereas, um, after you check out five minute journal.com, that's the journal I'm, I'm using, but it says like, you know, today would be amazing if these three things happened. Hmm. And then at the end of the day, you write down like, you know, to these three amazing things happened today. And then, you know, you're taking stock of that. Um, you can go back through it and it really helps you, um, you know, keeps you motivated and on track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know for me, the biggest motivator for me is helping other people. So if I simply schedule into my day, look, I'm going to, I'm going to call someone that I know that they need some help or, or I'm going to do a little bit of pro bono work, or I'm going to, you know, um, help out in the volunteer capacity. I get so pumped and there's always people that need help, right? If you've achieved a certain level of success, well, reach down and help somebody else. And that's what these amazing advisor type people that we talked about, that's what they're doing. That's why they're, um, you know, willing to talk in their case. Oh, absolutely. With something like, um, well, you know, in both our cases, the podcast is a labor of love. Like, yeah, it generates, I'm sure it generates some leads, but at the same time, like there are other ways that don't involve, you know, our time to generate leads. The podcast in podcast recording is such like a wonderful way to give back, to share mm. the stuff that's in your head and give people this like behind the curtain look um, at our businesses, which I really enjoy. Um, so that's a good point. And um, yeah, for like, I think you're right. If you look at, you know, a guy like, you know, the ex-CEO of Nordstrom, does he really need the, the you know, like several hundred dollars or thousand bucks he's going to get from Clarity? Probably not. He's just like, that's solely his way of, you know, keeping out tire kickers and, and really, you know, just cutting to the, the core of people who value his time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my clients that I really love how, how she's doing this is she started to get involved in the B Corporation initiative. And so her startup is starting to be, you know, successful. And she's very quickly gone and started to help other entrepreneurs who are maybe struggling and need, need help, need a boost, need to know what to do next. Um, we'll include all these links in the show notes, by the way. Speaking of which, Kurt, uh, is there anything you'd like to uh, tell us about that you've been doing to, to help um, e-commerce store owners? <laughs> wow. Uh, thank you for setting up that, that T-ball for me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, on December 2nd, we launched uh, e-commerce boot camp. It is a, a package of books. Um, it's a, a, a book, a playbook. Um, a series of, it's like two hours worth of screencasts and then several bonuses and other resources. Um, but it's a, essentially it's a marketing playbook for e-commerce store owners. Um, you know, in our screencasts, we do specifically Shopify, but the, essentially it's, you know, introducing people to um, the concept of a sales funnel um, and showing you here's like practical, easy ways to build a sales funnel um, and it scales. You could do it, you know, as a bootstrapper or, you know, the exactly the same concepts are going to work if you're, um, in a larger organization. And that's what I love about, you know, the direction e-commerce has gone is it's really democratized all these tools where, you know, you've got Amazon and a small Etsy shop all using the same tools. So it's fantastic. It really is. And my wife and I have both gone through it. We're trying to think of a, 
starting an e-commerce store. And we were just super, super blown away by the insights you had in there. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Especially just the practical stuff, you know, how do you set up your tracking pixels and how do you do this and how do you do that? And, and um, highly recommend it. It's not just entry level people that should be looking at this. I would say anybody that's wanting to be doing best practices e-commerce for 2016, you should definitely check out e-commerce bootcamp. Ecommercebootcamp.com, is that right? Is there a hyphen in there? Um, so it is. I was too cheap to buy e-commerce bootcamp without the hyphen. So I've got ecommerce-bootcamp.com. Hyphen bootcamp. We'll include <laughs> that in the show notes. Thank you. Um, yeah, and for the for listeners of the show, we'll set up a, a coupon code to give them 20% off. And oh, we'll, sweet. What's a good, give me a coupon code. I'll make it right now. I'm looking out my window and looking at the snow on my roof. You know what? How about um, ski? Because that's what I wish I was doing right now. SKI. Very good. Can we do that? Perfect. All right. No, nobody will guess that. SKI. <laughs> and at least that way you can remember it. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm remembering it right now. <laughs> so um, obviously e-commerce-bootcamp.com. Also the unofficial Shopify podcast. Uh, are there any other places people should go to follow you? Well, on Twitter at Kurt Inc., Kurt Inc., or at EtherCycle, you know, depending on you know, Kurt Inc. is more a, it's my personal Twitter, so a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, um, whereas at EtherCycle, is a, that's my agency, it's very formal, lots of pro tips. But if you want, you know, e-commerce bootcamp, obviously a paid product. If you want free info, we've got our newsletter, you can find that at uh, ethercycle.com slash guide. That's, you know, free info for growing a store. On e-commerce bootcamp, you can get the first, you know, the first fourth of the book totally free as a free download. And of course, the unofficial Shopify podcast where, you know, same deal, Mr. Bauer has been on once or twice. Once, I definitely, let's make that twice sometime. We'll talk about uh, skiing or something. <laughs> the hardest part, the honest truth, the hardest part about running a podcast is booking decent guests. So yeah, I mean, it's like you've already proven yourself. So if you, we just have to talk about a topic. Yeah, we'll figure something out. So folks, if you like skiing or uh, e-commerce or any of the things that we've talked about, we'd love to get you involved in the discussion. So there's a contact form on ecommerceqa.tv, which is where you would have heard of this podcast. And definitely, if you'd like to talk to Kurt or myself more about the stuff, if you've got any questions about anything we've covered, we'd love to engage with you about that. For now, I think that's going to be it, except I have one more question for Kurt. Sure. What's the story behind the name EtherCycle? Good question. All right. So fully and admittedly, I have over time, you know, like all entrepreneurs, I have grown to, to hate the name. At the time when we started it, it we didn't want to be freelance web designers and developers. I was silly, bit off more than I could chew, and said, "Let's start a SaaS business that sell that's like an entire an e-commerce platform that pre-populates inventory for bike shop owners." So it was a portmanteau of Ethernet and bicycle, um, and then we just thought it was good because like it's. Uh, it's 10 characters, so it's short, it's memorable, and it's, there's no way it's registered anywhere. And still isn't, which makes my life easy every time a new service opens up, like, you know, whatever it would be, you know, like when Instagram showed up suddenly. What? You know, you're around before Instagram. What, um, I mean, what, what what happened to it? What, it didn't, didn't work out? It... Well, so like all businesses, you know, if it doesn't work out, you got to pivot. So we did that for a year, and in that time, like, you know, it was more than what was reasonable for us to do in the beginning. Hmm. And we ended up, um, you know, in the meantime, we had like actual office space because we got a local office um, or local business owner gave us really, he was like, yeah, I'll give, he was just desperate to fill it. So he's like, I'll give you three months free. And we needed to pay the rent. Like we literally needed to keep the lights on. And I had local businesses um, saying like, hey, can you help me with my website? Hmm. And finally, I'm like, well, 
yeah. <laughs> so we ended up, <laughs> like, that's how we ended up doing freelance web design work. And then that very quickly, Interesting. through, I don't know, through fortune, through um, through good intentions, we ended up doing work for creative agencies like uh, Hilton Hotels and Verizon and NFL. And at the same time, we were doing, for local businesses, we were doing e-commerce work. And at some point, I just said, like, we're miserable doing the creative agency work and we love doing the e-commerce work and we're good at it. Why don't we just do that all the time? And then you know, once I did that, like, that's when our business really exploded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really been fun to see your 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 business move forward. Um, and you, you're always trying interesting things. Yeah. Hey, this has been fun. We've gone a, lot, a little bit longer than usual, and uh, that's okay. You know, it's the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, you know, I went, we, we went back to work. But uh, it's been nice because it's it's slow, you know, so I've got lots of time to do work on my own stuff, like, you know, book great podcast guests and, you know, redesign our agency website. Lots of fun mm. stuff. Ah, um, so I'm I definitely not experiencing the, uh, that, like, growth burnout thing we just discussed. Mm. That's great. Well, we wish everyone listening to this the best as you continue to grow your podcast. I mean, your uh, your e-commerce <laughs> business. Um, cut! Podcast. I love podcasts. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Do a podcast. Although, everybody's going to do a t- podcast in 2016. There's my prediction. You can bet on that. All right, Kurt. I think more thank people you. do it. I hope more people do it. It's fun. Yeah. Podcasts are great. I'm going to cut this right about here. <laughs>